0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Today, we have on with us Kylie Lewis. She's an author, a speaker, an artist, and as Kylie says, she spent much of her early 20s searching for happiness in all the wrong places, which I'm sure many of us can relate to, which eventually led her to being cast for and then being sent home from ABC's The Bachelor. And this caused her to dive further into many of her destructive habits until she finally reached a breaking point that changed the course of her life. And now, Kylie, is an author and she shares her story of transformation and healing through her podcast and her book called Coming Clean. Hi, Kylie. Hi.
1: Hi, Kylie. Yay. We're so excited to We're have so you. We're <laughs> so You're excited. We have so many questions. <laughs> so many, really, so many down the list. So, Kylie, Julia just gave you an awesome introduction, but why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? So, who are you? Where are you from? How old are you?
2: Yeah. So, let's start with my age because when you guys reached out, I had had this moment of like, do I belong here? Mm-hmm. Because I'm no longer in my 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, I just recently turned 30. I actually had my 30th birthday during the first week of quarantine. Aww. So oh, man. it was really, um, <laughs> (laughs) weird and and different but honestly like even if that wasn't going on and I was just turning 30 for some reason the number 30 and like leaving my 20s felt really emotional for me Mm -hmm. it was like a it was like a death of a chapter of my life you know Mm -hmm. and I didn't expect it to feel that way because I don't really think about numbers as, as being a big deal I'm just it's just a number right but there's also reality to that you know when you get closer to your 30s, your hormones start to change. And in your mid 30s, they definitely change. So there's some logic to the I guess, maybe grief around um, aging and and being out of your 20s. So I'm 30. um, I'm still settling in just a few weeks into 30. And I am from Rockford, Illinois, so it's just like 90 miles outside of Chicago, and I was born and raised here. I've traveled quite a bit, and I lived in Arizona for a while, I lived in Colorado for a while, loved both of those places, but something brought me back here, which is probably the fact that my whole family's here and this is home, Mm -hmm. so who knows how long we'll be here, but for now, (laughs) this is where I'm at.
0: I totally understand, like, not, uh, we've had a few people saying like, oh, do I belong in that in that roaring 20s because I'm freshly 30 or like out of my 20s already. But I feel like so much of what we talk about is just what we're going through, but like people even outside 20 are still figuring shit out, which we're gonna definitely talk about here. And Brenna brought up a great point before of like, we're so excited to talk to Kylie because it really show, your story I think is really gonna show people that it's like never too late to start over or to reinvent yourself because I already, people in their 20s feel like, oh, well I should
1: have it figured out already and it's just like Mm -hmm. so not true. Yeah and I think also you bring up a good point with just aging in general and I think that that transition from 20s to 30s is something that a lot of people, there's a lot of stigma around it. There's a lot of what happens when really it's just, it's a change in number like you said from one day to the next but I I totally hear you and we could probably do a whole other episode on aging and just birthdays in general. I know Julie and I had a long conversation on my most recent birthday just about like all the emotions that can come come up and how it's a weird contradiction between when you're super young and you know you're always looking forward to your birthday to your parents bringing cupcakes to your class to having mm-hmm. a birthday party, and then as you continue to get older it's a little weird so we definitely hear that um but you absolutely belong and we hope that this message can transcend <laughs> said not only to people in their 20s but beyond too
2: yeah so can i ask you guys how old are each of you yeah i'm 24 oh we're both 24 yeah <laughs> oh, See? Okay.
1: It's so weird. I know, we both forget. I literally we were talking the other day. I, I posted something I never on holiday yeah. and I said I was 23. I like lied and forgot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was going to say that I was 24 and that you were 23, Brenda, but it's I not I noticed true.
1: I noticed your hesitation.
2: (laughs) It's all blurry. Like when when you're 21, it's blurry until you're 25. And you're like, oh, I'm 25. And then from there till 30, it's blurry too. You're like, I don't know, somewhere. I'm in my We need
0: markers. Right. That's what we say. We're just like 20s. It's just 20s. We're 20s. It's all the same. It's all that mush of this stuff. But anyway, Kylie, so we want to kind of start at the top and like a big overview and then kind of get more detailed into it. So can you tell us a little bit about the book? And uh, most importantly, what kind of inspired you to, to go down this journey of writing this book? (laughs) <laughs> so, so I have a big question
2: <laughs> thank you I have it in my hands right now look at her <laughs> it's such and a great picture it's so surreal it's really cool because actually this picture was taken in my apartment room our apartment living room um, the apartment I'm in right now so
0: oh my god really,
2: yeah with a, just a pink backdrop so the whole process has been such a cool experience because I've had my hands in the whole thing to say I'm self-published first of all, my books, my actual first shipment of books, um, were printed yesterday. So they're oh literally my God, shipped out. Yes. That's, that's yes, so thank you. Thank you guys. Yeah. So they're shipping out tomorrow and I had, um, I had So I'm I'm kind of starting, I guess, from the end and working my way backward, but I had 200 people pre-order my book. And to me, like I, you know, I follow people like Rachel Hollis and Glennon Doyle and Oprah and Gabrielle Bernstein. So I know what... It means to be successful as an author and to sell millions of copies by looking at them, and then for me to look at, oh, I, I pre-sold 200, and that might sound small, and I could get lost in that. But what I'm doing is I'm literally writing a handwritten note to every single person that pre-ordered my book oh, in like beautiful incredible. tie-dyed and glittery, like gorgeous note cards, and I'm hand um, writing every label for my hot pink bubble. Mailers for every single person. Ah. So the amount of love that I'm able to put in, and then also my ability to actually realize what 200 people actually means. Right. Like, wow, that's Mm -hmm. a lot of people. It is a lot of people. I mean, to want to pay money to read something that I wrote, and um, it's just, it's been a a really cool experience. So, yeah, the book is called Coming Clean um, Stop Searching and Start Living. And it really was. The, the contents of the book were inspired by my own life but the reason I was inspired to write it was for the woman that I visualize holding it uh, when mm-hmm. it was done yeah mm-hmm. so yeah it's exciting so much.
0: and there's also an audiobook version which me and Brenna have got to listen to yes. uh, thanks to Kylie and I what I kind of Can you talk about how the book is broken down, Kelly? Because it's really interesting how you break down the chapters and then there's like prompts at the end Mm -hmm, of each chapter, which I thought was like really different and unique. Mm, What gave you the idea for that?
2: Yeah, Um, so I think that the reason I decided to add in, um, I think there's like, 47 exercises in the book, mm-hmm. um, one for each micro chapter, because the chapters mm-hmm. are really small. And I actually got that idea from the book, um, Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert.
0: <gasps> it's one of my favorites. Just talking about Is it. That? We're yeah, all. we're just talking about it.
2: So good. It's a great book. It's an easy read. I mean, Elizabeth is obviously an incredible writer. But to be honest, that was the first book of hers that I actually finished. Mm. Um, I think because it was so easy to read. And the reason Mm. that it was easy to read, one, she's a great writer. But two, those chapters were so short, you felt like you could just keep going.
0: A hundred percent. Yep.
2: Yeah. So I loved that. And I just knew I wanted to do that for my book because I wanted it to be easy to continue forward with. But the exercises were really important to me because I've hosted workshops for about two and a half years now. And I've hosted women's retreats and the things that really move the needle for people is when they can actually take part in an exercise, you know, when when you participate and we all know this, you can read a book, but you put it down and you don't really fully retain or have an experience even. Mm -hmm. So I thought if I could take these exercises that I've watched with my own eyes affect hundreds, if not thousands of women that I've connected with and that they've affected me, right? Like the exercises I've put in this book are things that I like mirror work that I've done, breathing exercises I've done, meditations I've done personally, and writing exercises that I've done that have cha- literally changed my life mm-hmm. because I actually participated in them. Yeah. So yeah. I knew my book had to be experiential. I wanted it to be like a, a book version of um, a workshop.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's incredible, especially just to not only want to write this book and tell your story and be super vulnerable and write it for a woman that needs it, but Also, just to make it an experience, because I think people really struggle sometimes with figuring out what to journal about, how do I uncover these limiting beliefs, how do I heal from, you know, whatever it may be, so for you to provide that structure for them and with things that have been proven to work for not only yourself but other people that you've held workshops for is just so powerful and i think you're doing great things in this world so thank you because it's helped it's helped me
2: (laughs) awesome thanks brenda of course so have you actually have you guys either of you done any of the exercises yet from the
1: book so I haven't done it out I haven't written anything down because when I listen to it I've been walking <laughs> but Ooh, I've been, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> yeah it's and it's great because it's like especially during this time I feel like getting outside in any way that you can makes you feel less not stuck we're safe at home but it le- makes you feel less like trapped inside claustrophobic yeah. yes yeah. There we go. Couldn't find the the language um, but I was listening to it on a walk. And that's kind of where we got like, okay, this is actually really soothing to listen to Kylie and nature. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Aww. Yeah, I just
1: kind of
0: listened through first just because I wanted to get a sense of you, Kylie, before we talked. But I'm definitely going to go back and try some of them because Absolutely. I was so inspired by so many of the chapters. I was like, oh, I have to come back and try this one and like do this. So I can't wait to go yeah. back. And also listen again because I feel like it's so, there's, you. I mean, as people will see as they read it and hear it, like there's so much that you offer. And I feel like it's one of those books that you could come back to over and over or just a chapter <laughs> here and there you know like you don't even have to go through the whole thing if you can just focus on one chapter which I think is like really cool and different about what Mm -hmm. your book has to offer yeah and Mm -hmm. I think you
1: you also offer a lot of knowledge in the areas like I think sometimes people don't realize certain things that they're doing. I think there was a chapter on where you talked about kind of distracting yourself from your emotions with food and then with shopping and then like with all the trying to fill that void with all these different things that maybe at the time you didn't realize was going on. And I think that's a very common thing. You know, we're trying to maybe not always intentionally avoid certain emotions and stuff. But I think you give not only a clear way to understand that, but also a way to kind of work through those things.
0: Mm -hmm. So I want to ask you, Kelly, about The Bachelor.
1: Selfishly, I want to know just what that was like.
2: (laughs) That's my selfish
0: question. But then also, um, because I know that it held a lot of meaning for your journey. So like what led you to want to be on the show? And then, of course, leaving the show. So can you kind of tell us a little
2: bit about how all that went?
0: yeah so
2: um just like many other women I think in America really um, I guess young women in America I watched the show for years um, mm-hmm. I watched it every Monday with my the girls in my family and we'd get together and have like snacks and wine and stuff and you know obviously this even started when I was younger than that like It started when I was probably like 11 years old. I was watching Mm -hmm. the show.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Um, So it always was something that I was a part of. And it, it taught me like I write in the book it taught me how to view women it taught me how to judge women it taught me how to judge myself it taught me what I thought dating looked like you know a lot Mm -hmm. of fun things but a lot of unhealthy things too and um, I ended up you know going through my first breakup and then kind of having that rebirth after your first breakup of like I'm free and I'm single Mm -hmm. and I'm young and all that and that was so much fun because I was living in downtown Chicago and I, I had this really a large sense of confidence although it wasn't true confidence it was very much like my ego and materialism and I was you know where I bought my first pair of Louboutins and Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was wearing all Michael Kors stuff and I just was really diving into and exploring materialism so when this opportunity came up to Apply for or um, actually go to a physical audition in Chicago for the show. Um, my best friend, who I was living with, my roommate, she was like, "Yeah, like you have to, you have to go, right?" Like, and you, how you old were you at this, this point? Um, I was 22. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically, they had an open call audition. You have two ways to audition. You can send in a video, or you can go to a live in-person audition. And there was an audition in Chicago, so obviously I got to go in person and not do the video, which I felt was already an advantage to, like, be, be there to let them feel your energy, you know? Totally. So... I got all dolled up and I, you know, felt gorgeous and had a new like dress from Forever 21 and like heels (laughs) and all this. And my girlfriend, who I'm still friends with, she's like that best wing woman that just like boosts you up and just Uh, everyone needs a friend like that. Necessary. (laughs) Yes. Yes. She was. She's just awesome. And so we're there and she's, I mean, no offense to anyone else, but she's that person also who's like, oh, you got it. Like, look at all these other girls. Like, you got it. You got right, it. Right, right, right. She's your high So, woman. <laughs> Yeah. So then we, I went into the audition and basically there's a couple producers and they're recording the whole thing where they ask you questions and um, they asked me to tell them about my first love and, and what went wrong and what hmm. I'm looking for in a man and why am I, why am I auditioning? And I think that one thing about me that I think maybe a lot of women can relate to is my ability to be vulnerable is very strong. I I almost default into vulnerability. Like I almost share maybe too much sometimes. Like I just like put it all out there and I like let my heart be seen and felt by everybody, which is why I've always had so many friends and I've always been liked by most people because I am a truly kind person. But that also lends itself to to being naive, mm-hmm. right, and to getting hurt. Mm-hmm. And so, when I auditioned, I think they felt my vulnerability and and that I was just putting it all out there. So, that's I think why I got on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but once I got there for the whole the whole process of flying back and forth for you know further auditions and then being there for filming and it, it's just not it's not a healthy environment. Unless you fully know what you're getting yourself into and you're going to use it for what it's mm, worth. Because mm-hmm. I see it totally differently now. Like if I were still wanting that life and if I were single and I were wanting to go that route, I could totally go that route and I could still be myself and then grow a following and get lots, you know, like mm-hmm. boost my platform and then I could use that platform for good. But I didn't, totally. I didn't know any of that. Instagram had literally just come oh, out. Yeah. Like, that month when i was like auditioning so it, yeah. instagram was nothing there were no like it, it, there was no such thing as like influencers so right i mm-hmm. didn't view it like that at all it was just like i'm sense. gonna go travel the world for free yeah. <laughs>
1: like for free and for love <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> yeah but it didn't go that way
0: so how do you think that that kind of like time in your life played into, I know that you talk about um, dealing with substance abuse. So was that all during that time or did that come afterwards?
2: Yeah, um, I think that's something that I, I always kind of dealt with, mm-hmm. um, but it was definitely amplified by being sent home. So when I, when I left, I was still in that phase of like, you know, that I wouldn't say healthy partying, but like the expected level of partying of a mm-hmm. 21, 22 year old girl or mm-hmm. anybody that age. But when I came home from the show is when it started to be more of a coping mechanism to mm-hmm. numb my feelings, to avoid anything that I was being faced with, because the way that I viewed the show and the reason it, the reason I still bring it up, right, the reason that I... chose to write about it in my book, the reason that I still think it's important to mention is because it's a metaphor for so many other things. Mm -hmm. It's not that it's special that I went on this show called The Bachelor. It's a metaphor for having high expectations for something and being let down and disappointed Mm -hmm. to a point where you literally don't know what to do next. Right, and that could show up in the form of pickup. It could be the loss of a job. It could be a loss of a parent or a friend. Um, it's a change in identity. It's shaking yeah. you to your core, where you don't know. I, you don't know who you are, and in the midst of it, it feels awful because it does feel like whether it is a death or it um, metaphorically, it feels awful. Mm -hmm. But as I write in the book, every breakdown is an opportunity for a breakthrough. So Mm. although I dove into drugs and alcohol and binge eating and then starving myself. It's like, it's because I didn't want to feel what I was feeling. But eventually that pushed me so low that I had no choice other than to start new and, and find that moment for the breakthrough.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that, that's so powerful. Seriously, to even I, I didn't even think about it like that. Not that I'm saying that being on The Bachelor is something that totally defines you, but that that experience for you having that expectation can really represent so many different things but it made me think about as people going you know the college the post-grad life having an expectation of what life is going to be like and then Mm. totally feeling lost and not being sure what comes next how to go about it what will others think of you so I think that that's so powerful and Kylie how did you get the courage to leave your old life behind and completely start new like how did you cultivate that courage
0: yeah like when you were at like you just mentioned like there was eventually kind of this breaking point like what was Mm -hmm. the first thing that you were like I need to make a change or you know and how did Mm -hmm. you get the courage to do it
2: Mm, yeah courage is an interesting thing um because I think that we all have courage like lying dormant within us at all times and a really good example of this is like that that idea that people talk about a lot like a mom being able to lift a car off of her child right Mm, like mm -hmm. the strength that comes out and the courage that comes out when it has to like we all have that if we had to have courage let's say you have a younger sibling you see them getting bullied or you see them about to get kidnapped or something you have the courage to then jump in and do something you never thought you could do right Mm, because you mm -hmm. have to but we live so comfortably generally speaking especially outside of this whole coronavirus we live very comfortably. And we don't necessarily have to muster courage because we just can kind of go through the motions of life and just get by. So I think that we have to consciously decide that we want to be courageous or realize that we have a choice in the first place in order to awaken the courage that's already lying dormant within. So to answer your question, when did it happen for me? I also write about this in the book. And I actually I spoke about this um, at the high school that I graduated from. There was a moment with my then friend, now long-term boyfriend, where he came over basically I was like just basically I was slowly just dying in my bedroom laying under the covers Mm. in a dark room watching Netflix all day. Like Mm -hmm. done with life but not courageous enough to to do anything about it. I was just Mm -hmm. numb Mm -hmm. and he came over and asked me what was wrong. I said I don't want to do this anymore And he said, what don't you wanna do anymore? And I said, I don't wanna live anymore because I truly didn't. I didn't wanna live that life Mm -hmm. anymore. I didn't wanna kill myself, but I didn't wanna live my life anymore, 100%. -hmm. And I think that's where a lot of people find themselves. Mm -hmm. So in that moment, I expected to be met with what I was met with my whole life from my loving family, which was, it's gonna be okay. You're gonna be fine. Like stop crying, just give me a hug. And that's not what I got. And I'm so grateful. That that's not what I got because that's not what I needed. Mm-hmm. What I needed was what he did and that was to tell me the truth. And the truth was I had to make a decision at that point. I had to decide to choose courage over comfort. I had to be courageous. I had to become someone else and it wasn't going to be easy. But I had an opportunity to live a different life and I didn't know that. I didn't know I could choose to live differently. I didn't know I could choose to feel better. I didn't know I could choose to get out of bed when all I wanted to do was stay in bed under the covers really and metaphorically. Mm -hmm. So I awakened my courage because someone came along and told me that I could and that I needed to.
1: Yeah. Wow. And it make doesn't it make such a difference when somebody chooses to believe in you and shares it with you and it really instills that belief in yourself. And
2: oh, it's a game changer. If, yeah. yeah, and if it's
1: someone, if there was a woman looking to change her life or start over, what's a tangible first step that you would recommend for someone to embark on that journey?
2: Yeah, so the first step, um, obviously this whole journey is endless, right? It's It happens literally one breath at a time and then one day at a time. And it, it certainly doesn't happen overnight, although... I made the choice in one moment to start the journey, right? But then you have to start doing things. Mm-hmm. And the best thing that I could suggest and I've actually had women do this at my workshops cuz the room that we've done the workshops in have huge mirrors across the walls, so it's something that my boyfriend naturally like had the instinct to make me do. And Mm -hmm. I had never heard of Louise Hay mirror work, but that's what Mm -hmm. she calls it. But he just had me do this organically, which was to go stand in front of the mirror and make eye contact with yourself and say a few specific phrases while making eye contact with yourself. And that's really important. You have to keep looking at yourself in the eyes and you have to say this until you feel an internal shift because you can say this surface level and just try to get it over with. You got to feel it. And those phrases, at least the ones that I said to myself, and I have the women at my workshop say are, one, you're beautiful. And that's hard to say and Mm -hmm. to feel and to believe. Mm -hmm. And two, I love you. Right. That one doesn't really feel that great because some of us don't even look at ourselves in the mirror, let alone say, I love you and let it land. Right. To really receive Mm -hmm. that. Right. Right. And then the third one is the most important phrase that you can say. And I had to say this 50 times before I felt it. And when I felt it, it brought me to my knees. And I, it, it shifted everything within me when I finally let myself feel it. And that is, it's not your fault. Mm. Because regardless of what you've been through, regardless of what Trauma you experience in your life, we all have experiences that we would rather leave behind, but they're Mm -hmm. still with us. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, there's this guilt and shame wrapped up in anything bad that's ever happened to us as if it was our fault. Mm -hmm. And that will eat you alive. And Mm -hmm. that is the core wound, I believe, of all of us. Mm-hmm. So to stand in front of the mirror and I have chills just saying that I have chills. Say, <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. so powerful. It is. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, although that's really difficult, and it sounds like a really um, maybe like an intense first step, it's the it's the most accessible. Like you've mm-hmm. got a mirror in your house, and you're with yourself all the time. So carve out the time and and close the door behind you and spend as much time as you need to in front of that mirror I,
0: I I think that's all so powerful Kylie and what what I really love about all of that is like you know you were lucky that you had someone that came to your side to say like you have to show up for yourself but some people don't have that and like really the only person that can show is that is gonna show up for you is you and like how important it is to you know if you're lucky enough to have someone to help you along that way that's great but like you have to decide that you want to show up for yourself. Like yeah, taking I mean taking that first step is so hard, but I can imagine what is even harder is continuing on the journey. Once you make the first step and there's even a chapter in your book, uh, what's it called? It feels worse before it gets better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, she n- hit the nail on the head with that one." So, uh, I guess what what are some some tips or advice for like people that maybe have started that journey and are like, "It's getting too hard. I'm ready to give up and go back to you know numbing myself with you know substances or laying in my bed all day." Like, how do you how do you stay on that journey when it gets really hard?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I I love that question because it has like this beautiful answer that I think is the antidote to really all suffering. And I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Abraham Hicks before.
0: No.
2: Oh, okay. So Abraham Hicks, it's kind of hard to explain, but just look up Abraham Hicks sometime. I was listening to this audio and and I read about this in the book as well, because it's one of those pivotal moments for me um, in the chapter titled No Rain, No Rainbows.
1: Mm -hmm. And
2: it's basically this metaphor or this concept. Imagine that you're on a canoe and you are floating down a stream and you've got paddles in your hands, right? You've got oars, let's say you've got oars in your hands and you're trying really hard to paddle upstream against the current and you're exhausted and you're stressed and you're tense and you're clenching your jaw and you're not really getting anywhere, right? Because the stream is still taking you downstream where it's intended to, where we're all headed. And you have this choice that you can either continue to paddle upstream and exhaust yourself and burn yourself out and feel like shit all the time, or you could drop the oars and you could enjoy the ride that you are on inevitably that you can't step off of, right? Mm. You can't, you're here, you're on it, and you can trust that everything is exactly as it's supposed to be, right? Even, even the moments where you grab those oars again and try to paddle upstream or reach Mm. for the substances or fill in the blank, right? The beautiful thing that I turn to whenever I feel resistance, which is about once every month, Specifically <laughs> during a certain week, yeah. hormones play a huge role. Mm-hmm. Huge role. That's a whole nother topic, right? Yeah. But to someone who thinks the journey's too difficult to continue on, I would say you don't really have a choice to step on or off. Like you're on it regardless. You get to choose how you feel along the way, and if you want to feel better, then you can relax your shoulders. You can release your jaw. You can take a deep belly breath. And you can drop the oars and you'll Mm -hmm. feel a heck of a lot better right life might not change life might still be complicated and hard and difficult and messy it will be but you'll feel more relaxed inside your nervous system will be calmer Mm -hmm. but you can also paddle upstream and that's okay too and Mm -hmm. one of my favorite things that oprah says is that there are no steps backward Like no matter what, even if you think you've fallen off the wagon with your diet or your workout plan or productivity or whatever you think it is, even if you think that is true that you've stepped backward, it's not actually true Mm -hmm. because whatever steps you take backward, I'm doing quotes here because those steps are actually about to launch you even further forward Mm -hmm. because how many times have we all gotten to that point where we're like, I haven't been to the gym in so long and oh, I feel terrible. And then you come up with all of this energy and motivation to be like, I'm going to hit it hard and mm-hmm. I'm going to go back and I'm going to... Totally. Because you you pulled yourself back, right? It's like a mm-hmm. slingshot, like a rubber band. So nothing is, I don't think, um, out of place. I think, mm-hmm. I think everything is absolutely as it should be. And sometimes I don't believe that. So I have to continuously remind myself of that. And the way to tangibly do that is to take control of your breath and to calm your nervous system and drop the oars, if that makes sense. I no, that love totally that
1: sense. because I, I always say that progress is progress as long as you don't give up and I never really fully believed that because like you said it's like we set these goals and then if what we do doesn't align with that goal we put all this pressure on ourselves and we're feeling like we're letting ourselves down and then we ultimately stop but if you just keep on going even if there is a day where you have where you're off and in, in whatever capacity that it's still progress because you're not giving up so you're still moving in the right direction and also how you mentioned that what it seemed like you were expressing is finding strength through the struggle and I always think about that because there are so many things that I've experienced throughout my life that at the time I'm like what why is this happening to me like what is the purpose of this but then as you work through those things you come to find that it was there for a reason and sometimes or often you do find that they it held a really significant reason.
2: Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, even if that reason, by the way, because I think, um, you know, there, there doesn't have to be a reason. Not everything's happening for a reason, right? But there can be a reason found for everything happening. So, You don't have to think it's like this cliche thing that's perfect. Because obviously, I mean, if you think about the hardest things that people go through, like I hosted a workshop for for moms that have lost their children to suicide. Oh my God. And it's really hard to tell a mom that lost their child to suicide that everything happens for a reason, right? Absolutely. But, But these moms have this fierce sense of life that they now feel they must live on purpose because mm-hmm. of what happened. And mm-hmm. not everybody deals with grief and loss that way, but I'm saying some of the moms that I've met or some mm-hmm. people that I've learned about, that I've read about, that I've heard stories or listened to podcasts about, they take that, that struggle and like you said, they find strength through it. And that's why our brain is so powerful. Like we get to tell the story of our life. We get to create whatever story we want to around what's happening. And every cell in your body is listening to that story and will act accordingly. Mm-hmm. So we have to be so careful about uh, what we think and what we believe. Absolutely. And luckily we can we can shape that over time, which is why, like you said, you've got a mantra that you're that you like, well, I don't I didn't really fully believe it, but now I you're you're constantly having to make yourself believe it because exactly. that's, like, that's what we're yep. doing
1: yes yep. absolutely and speaking of that Kylie about your live events can you tell us a little bit about the live events that you host
2: yeah so it's obviously been a little while since we haven't been able to um, have group yes, unfortunately yeah but I started doing them actually I started with teaching painting classes um, because I'm an artist, I'm a painter. So when I needed to make money to pay my rent, I decided to start teaching painting classes to people Mm. about five years ago, I think. And I did that for about four years. I taught thousands of people to paint on a 16 by 20 inch canvas. It was really fun, really successful, and it ran its course because I started to feel called to share these types of things. And at the beginning of every painting class, I would do a five minute guided meditation. Like I would like surprise people with that. Like they'd come for like ladies night out, like wine and painting. And I'm like, gotcha, we're gonna meditate. We're gonna meditate. (laughs) I love that, sneak it in. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I would sneak in, you know, breathing exercises and things like that. But eventually they wanted more and I wanted more too. So I transitioned into doing, Vision board workshops and like DIY journal workshops and things like that. And then I wanted to go deeper. So I I started to teach Healing the Inner Child workshop, Mm -hmm. which was my biggest workshop, which was really cool. um, Also, telling of how common our inner child wound is, right? We all have an inner child Mm -hmm. and she needs our attention. And she is who is. Acting out, you could say, whenever you are emotional. She wants love. She wants acceptance. She wants approval. She wants to be seen and heard and wants to know that she's safe. And there's a lot there that needs to be healed. And it does take a lot of courage and a lot of work. But I knew that's where I needed to start. And so I held that. And 45 women from my hometown showed up to that. And they were brave enough to. To do all the exercises i asked them to do within those three and a half hours and it was powerful oh my god i can
0: only imagine
2: oh it it it, yeah it's really really neat so i did that that one a few times and then um had different variations of a self-love workshop where i had um women Think of a a negative thought that they say to themselves um, on a regular basis. So, for example, I ask you guys, like, think of a thought that you say to yourself all day long. Broken record, right? So mine is, um, I need to work out, I need to work out, I need to work out, I need to work out. Some people might be, I'm fat, I'm stupid, Uh, I need to stop eating. Just the most brutal things we Mm, say to ourselves, right? (laughs) So brutal. And we let them go on and on, but we would never say them to someone else. So. I had them randomly pair up with a partner, and each woman had to look at their partner and say their own kryptonite thought, their own negative belief or saying, but at the other woman.
1: Wow. So instead
2: of me saying, I need to work out, I would look at my partner and I'd say, you need to work out, or you are fat, or you are stupid, you are worthless. I mean, hard stuff. they were crying, and they felt bad, and they were hugging each other after saying sorry. And it's like, right, and you're saying that to yourself all day long. But it's a it's a wake-up call. It's a realization. Yeah. So these workshops are um, just opportunities to put into action all the things that we read about in cool motivational graphics online, mm. right? It's like, do this, do that, heal your inner child, love yourself. But it's like, how Yeah. How do, do these things?
0: Yep. Yes. <laughs>
2: Right, no. that's always
0: the question. It's like, how? Where do I start?
2: Where do I begin?
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I
0: just think it's like that, I love that exercise because it's so true. Like, the stuff that we say to ourselves all day long, we would never say to someone else. We would never say that to our friend. We would never say that to our loved ones. So like, why on earth are we talking shit to ourselves all day long when we oh. know... That we would never say that, we would never treat anyone else that way, but we let ourselves treat ourselves like that. It's like, even to be aware of it, but we still do it. Like, I'm super aware of that, and I still do it.
2: Yes, yeah, I know, me too. And I I think that um, the the only way, or the best way, at least for me, that I've started to like, help release that grip. Because Mm -hmm. just like you, I've been working on this for years, yet that voice of, I I need to work out, is still there. She still Mm -hmm. likes to talk all day long. (sighs) And I realized the more that I resisted her, the more that I tried to push her away, the louder it became. Mm -hmm. So... I started to like playfully, like almost like laugh at that voice of like, oh, there she is again. Okay. Like I hear you, I get it, but I'm just not going to let you affect me anymore. What you resist persists, like that whole, that whole concept is so true. And also, um, uh, song lyrics, Trevor Hall is one of my favorite musicians and Mm. his lyrics are incredible. And he talks about the more you push it, the more it pushes you back. So the more you push that negative voice away, you're just adding fuel to the fire because you're judging your mean girl. You're judging Mm -hmm. her. Mm -hmm. So instead, if you try to love her, maybe then she'll quiet down because really she's just trying to keep you safe. She's trying to go, Kylie, you know, you want to be skinny, so you better work out. And it's like, (laughs) okay, I got it. Right. But I'm nourishing my body. I'm taking good care of myself and going for walks, I got this, right? Yeah, absolutely.
0: I love that. And um, if you're not in the area to go to Kylie's live events, and obviously we can't do that right now, she has a podcast and a book. <laughs> and also, Kylie, you have a Happy Healthy Woman Facebook group. Is that public?
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, well, it's a private group, but anyone can ask to join. And as long as you are a female and um, you're not like a spammer trying to come on and sell stuff, <laughs> then you can join. It's awesome. there's 2,500 women in there, and they're all really supportive of each other. And I mean, we post things about the inner child, but we also have women posting about, you know, they're they're scared right now, or they're stressed, or they're having a difficult time navigating their relationship because they're with their partner more than they usually are. I go live and I read. I've been using my book as like a tarot card deck. So I ask everybody in the live to like put a number in that feels good to them. And I read that page to them as if it's like what they need to hear right now. Um, that's been really fun. And yeah, I, I cook live sometimes and and just hang out there. So it's a great place to be. I really encourage joining us there.
0: Yeah, we always talk about, you know, just how important it is to find community. And like, that's what we're doing here is just like making other people feel less alone. And I think that that is like, so huge on starting any kind of either recovery, or even if you're doing well, and just just personal growth. And so thank you so much, Kelly, for sharing your story. And I know that hearing that someone was in a dark place and found their way out and now is, like, on the other side to say, hey, this is what I went through. Like, here here was what worked for me. Like, maybe these things will help you is just so powerful. It's it's awesome. So thank you. Before we wrap up, we just have two little last questions. So, Kylie, if you could go back and tell your 20s-year-old self one thing, what would it be?
2: Mm, Yeah, I think it would be – that I am exactly where I need to be in that moment whatever moment I found myself in that I'm exactly where I'm meant to be like exactly where I'm meant to be nothing is supposed to change nothing's supposed to be different just be there now that's it love that
1: love that love that and our last question Kylie is where can people find you so Instagram Facebook page um, website anything
2: Yeah, so on Instagram, I am Kylie M. Lewis. That's Kylie spelled the same as Kylie Jenner, K-Y-L-I-E. But I was born first. (laughs) And yeah, my podcast is Coming Clean with Kylie Lewis. On Facebook, the community is Happy Healthy Women. And on Facebook, I also have a business page that you can follow, which is Kylie M. Lewis.
0: Awesome, Kylie. And obviously, everybody go out and get that book. I am going
2: to be still oh. having the audio available oh, and cool. the physical book available for purchase. You can buy them separately or as a Amazing. bundle together. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah,
0: so <laughs> everybody, go, go to check for that. it out. Thank you. Yes, please. And we'll post that and share that. So everyone check out Kylie. Her story is incredible. Her book is amazing. And she has so much beautiful stuff to offer, as you've already heard a little little snippet of it here. <laughs> yes. Thank you so Thank much.
1: Thank you so much, Kylie. Thank you so
0: much, Kylie. Bye, everybody. Bye.
1: Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to Roaring 20's podcast. Be sure to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and please subscribe. You're never alone. Our pride sticks together. Tune in every Monday and Friday for new episodes of Roaring 20's podcast. You get
1: to start your week with us and end your week with us. With with love, Brenda and Julia.